0: On Before the Best Seller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Strathy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Brendan Kane is back on to talk with us about how he leveraged social media to get his book deal and then sell hundreds of thousands of copies of his book. Brendan Kane, thank you so much for coming back on to talk about the marketing. Uh, you know, you are a marketing guy, so I always love it when we have marketing people who have written their own books but have actually been successful. Because it's like, if you're a marketing person, you put a book out there in the world and it doesn't do well, it definitely begs the question of, okay, well, how good is your marketing? Clearly, yours has worked. Uh, so, first question here is, you know, talking about one million followers and Hookpoint. First book was one million followers. How did you get an agent for this book? That's not an easy feat. But uh, I think you actually use some of your own philosophies for it. So can you dive us into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the the tools that I have used um, throughout my career is people talk about networking and I hate that word. I think like networking to me connotates you're trying to get something out of somebody. Um, So what I do is because I'm an introvert, so I will never go to a networking event. I don't go out to bars or like mixers and things like that. I just don't have the energy to do it. So over the course of my career, I would just identify a few key people that knew everybody I needed to know and really foster a relationship with them. So how I got to my literary agent, Bill Gladstone was through another literary agent named Barry Cross, who represented like Jackie Collins and other authors. And again, I got introduced to him through one of these, what I would call super connectors um, and just build a relationship. And when the, the, the time came, to think about doing this book, I said, Hey, Barry, who would be the best literary agent or publishing person to talk to? And he just said, go Gladstone. And he said, I'd be happy to, to set up an introduction. And, and he did. At the same time is like, there's a big connotation between getting the meeting and maximizing the meeting because getting meetings in my experience are not hard. Uh, it's what you do with that opportunity because just because you get in front of a literary agent doesn't mean they're going to sign you. So you really need to have something that really hits them hard of like, wow, that's something interesting. That's something unique. That's something different.
0: Yeah. And for that specific situation, how much, I think it was Bella books that actually published 1 million followers. How much marketing did the publisher do? And what did that actually look like? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> so then what did you, what does your marketing look like for that book?
1: Well, I can first tell you, I published the book with no plan of how I was going to market it. I mean, we had to put together a marketing plan. I don't even remember what that that was in the the publishing thing. But I mean, when we first launched, we weren't selling a lot of books. So I had to to really figure it out. And so there was, I think, three main components to it. Um, You know, obviously podcasts and stuff. But podcasts, from my experience, unless you're getting on Joe Rogan, you're not going to sell a ton of books. You will sell some. Yeah. Um, we did Amazon ads, which work, but there's a ceiling to it, as as you know. So, yeah. you know, Amazon ads. I recommend everybody do it if they're an author. Just know there's a ceiling in terms of how many books that that you can sell with it. The primary driver, and it's the most difficult one, and um, if you're really in it for the long haul, it works, but it takes a lot of time, money and resources is we created book funnels to drive, Hmm. um, cold social traffic to. So what's a book funnel? Um, initially we started with the Russell Brunson model of free book shipping and handling, uh, where basically you say, Hey, I'll, I'll give you my book for free. You, You just have to pay shipping and handling. And then, um, typically you're upside down on that. Meaning, it's costing you more money than you're making back even with the shipping. So you have like an order bump or upsells along with it, um, like training guides, workbooks, um, courses. Uh, but we migrated away from that and did the ebook model where we sold the ebook for, for five, five dollars. And again, did those progressions. The reason I say it's, it's difficult is, you know, social, social media traffic, cold traffic is, um, it's hard because you're you're pushing something to somebody that they're not searching for. So they're in Instagram or Facebook and you're pushing an ad to them when they're not there to buy something. It can work, but you know, it takes a lot of work to refine that that those ads, refine the landing page and things like that to make it financially work. And I only recommend it for authors that are nonfiction and also for authors that have like a higher ticket item to sell, whether that's a retreat, whether that's coaching, whether it's uh, a more extensive course, things like that, because, and I'll just, uh, I have no problem giving you the numbers. Like for us currently today, as we speak, you know, our cost per acquisition could be anywhere from like 85 to a hundred dollars to get somebody to buy a $5 ebook. And our average cart value on the front end, meaning The amount that they spend, even with the order bumps and upsells is like $40. So we're losing like $45 or more per purchase. So we need to liquidate that and get that money back on the back end. Now we're working on improving it. And our numbers are high because of the amount of money that we spend. We spend upwards of $100,000 a month advertising that. Now, did I start there? No, we worked our way up. If you're spending a thousand or $2,000 a month in social ads, your numbers are going to be a lot easier. Your cost per acquisition will probably come down to like 20 or $30. Um, but as you progressively increase your ad spend, it makes it uh, more and more difficult to, uh, make the numbers work on the initial purchase.
0: Yeah, there was a lot there. So I heard podcasting moves small amount of books unless you're getting on Joe Rogan, Amazon ads right for most authors and then book funnels if you if you can really focus on making sure that the back end is is built well and you get that money back there. You did yours it sounds like a little bit differently with an ebook for $5 instead of uh you know the usual free plus shipping. Um what exactly like what would you say is the actually moving on to a, another question a better question I have for you here is you have some huge names who endorse the book, right? Yeah. I think I saw Katie Keurig, just looking at it. uh, You know, that's pretty big name. Um, Is it just that these people were, were your clients, or is it that you're also able to somehow really leverage some sort of system to get really big names to, to review the book, give you some reviews for the book?
1: They were clients, partners, friends. I mean, again, that's the way that, Yeah. yeah, but I will say, I don't know that that really drives book sales. I think it helps. It doesn't hurt, but I think you can have a really great book without powerful testimonials. If you know, that initial hook point is, is solid and it's solving a big enough pain point. Um, again, I'm not going to say that it doesn't help. I just, I, I, I don't have the data to support it. I couldn't quantify it, but I don't think that just because Katie Kirk wrote a testimonial for, for the book that, It sold as much as it did because if that was the case, then I wouldn't have had to do as so much marketing to get the book in front of so many people in order to sell the the amount of copies that we've sold.
0: Yeah, and what about the thousand over? I think you're up to around fourteen hundred reviews on Amazon. How did you? Do you have some sort of a review sweeper, or how exactly do you keep those uh, reviews growing uh, for either of your books?
1: Yeah, we really haven't done much with it. We're starting to look at that more. Um, again, I think that because, because of the amount of money we spend on Amazon ads that inherently helps because we've sold a lot of books through Amazon. Uh, I, I think it's just inherently the more books you sell, the more reviews that you get. I know that there's some systems out there for it. I honestly, we haven't really dove too deep into it. I, I think that's something that I want to explore more, um, cause we haven't done an amazing job. And obviously when you first launch. You get whoever you can to write reviews for you, friends, partners, and things like that. But obviously, that doesn't yeah. scale.
0: Yeah. And what percentage of readers you, you talk about you're able to have a $40, $45 cost per reader you know, acquisition number? The only way you can afford that is because there must be a high percentage of them converting into the back end, right? Um, what percentage of readers would you say? And I know you have multiple ways, you have different, you have extra resources throughout the book. You have your email address multiple times that people can reach out to, which is thank you for that. It's how uh, I was able to, to reach out to have you on the show. Um, what percentage of readers would you say reach out based on the invitations you have in the book?
1: So, for the invitations we have in the book, I would say 1%. It's not a huge number, mm-hmm. I would think it would be bigger. Um, and I'm not, I, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I, I got some serious flack for hook point. Like some people just did not like it. It was a small percentage, but those people were very vocal. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did a second pass of the book and took out some of the calls to actions, but to me, it's like, you, you know, the way that I explain it to people is that I invest a tremendous amount of time, energy, and money, To put this book into as many people's hands, I have to find a way to liquidate it because you, the reader, you're not going to get the value out of the book. If you don't know about the book and like in hook point, the book there, you know, the people that I feature alongside me, we've generated probably five to $10 billion worth of revenue. So there's tremendous value. We don't hold anything back. It's not like saying, oh, you you read the book, but we're going to hide this back from you. Nobody held back. And some people I had to really convince really hard to let them let me publish or let me publish some of their strategies and tactics in it. So for me as a marketer, I have to find a way to make that money back. And that's where we put those calls to actions into, into play.
0: Yeah. Any interesting things happen to you because of the publishing of these two books? Like I don't know, someone reaching out with an interesting request or I don't know, getting flown to Dubai to do a speaking event. What any interesting things happen because you put out these books that you didn't expect.
1: I mean, we, uh, we get client, interesting clients all the time. I mean, we've got professional athletes, celebrities, musicians, um, chairmen of company of like multi-billion dollar companies. Um, Mm -hmm but it's interesting to me. I don't even, I'm at the stage where I don't even really care if somebody's a celebrity or not. I just care. Like, are they going to be fun to work with? Yeah. That drives it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, to me, the most interesting and fun experience is when people read the book and then they come back and said, I achieved this. Like we had some guy read hook point and need his podcast went from like a few thousand downloads to like 80 million downloads. Wow. So those are the stories and things that, that really kind of excite me and and interest me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's fantastic. I'm actually very excited because I have been, I've had your book for ages and I finally, I was trying to coincide it with, I love being able to learn and apply something immediately. And I, this past week, even so the past month, you know, I worked through the book and over the, this past week, even I've really been able to use your book to actually define my own social media strategy uh, for various things. So I'm very excited to come back to you, hopefully with, uh, with another use case, uh, there for you long-term marketing for both books, running Amazon ads. I know it's something you do over the long-term, anything else that you found really useful there for getting the books out there besides, you know, as you've mentioned, podcast, Amazon ads and book funnels.
1: Well, I think from a a business perspective, you can get more strategic with it. Uh, So doing outreach to executives, teams to send books to them. There was also a test that I did uh, with a company called Bedside Reading that does placement in five-star hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. So you're you're getting, basically, you pay them a fee. You don't Mm -hmm. have to pay the hotel. And then they put it, you know, obviously the hotel has to approve it, but then they put the book in every hotel room and then the people staying at the hotel can read the book while they're there or take it home. It's a, you know, a free book for them. So there, there's some interesting strategic ways to do it. I'm always looking at, at scale, you know, how can you, because you know, Bill even told me this, that, and I had another friend, Stephen Kotler, who's had like 14 New York times bestselling books And they both said, you know, you got to at least get 25 to 30,000 copies into the market to have any chance of it going viral for any chance of that word of mouth to take place. Now, it's not not a hard number. So for me, it's I'm looking at for any avenue to seed as many copies into the market as possible so that word of mouth can take take shape.
0: Can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I like that. What's next for marketing. Where is your attention on these days, whether it's, you know, platforms or just, you know, the next 10 to 20 years, what do you think is going the the world of marketing? How do you think it's going to change?
1: Yeah. So our big, our big focus is process because if you look at it, 99% of brands individuals are failing to really scale and achieve their goals with social media. And when we look at it, the reason that they're being held back is because they don't have a creative process in place. So I mentioned um, we have a viral content engineering process and it's the way that we've generated 60 billion views um, for the projects that we worked on. And that is our core focus because the, the current methodology of the way people create content is they either start with brand guidelines or they just jump to the idea phase. And then they create a slate of content. So they set a content calendar and they sit down and create 10 videos at a time or 20 videos at a time. And then they space it out over days and then maybe quarterly or monthly, they look at the results and then they try and use those results to improve. The problem with that is there's no data that's informing the creative process. Mm. And again, as I mentioned, we've gone from, you know, a million users on social media, 2005 to 4 billion um, in 2022, pushing 200 billion messages. So it's far more cutthroat. It's far more um, competitive for the algorithm attention to push your content to as many people as possible. So our viral content engineering process starts with research. So what does that mean? Most people will just look at their competitors. They'll look at their competitive landscape and see what they're doing. Nine times out of 10, your competitors are gonna tell you what not to do which is important because when we look at research, we want to understand the high performance levers, meaning what are the things that really increase performance, but we also want to look at the things that are driving down performance. So typically when we're working on a project or with a client, we will extend outside their industry. We'll look at other content creators, other brands that are really doing it well. And then we'll, we'll dive into that research and start driving a hypotheses of what are the performance drivers, What's actually causing their performance. And that could be anything from, um, pacing tone, number of edits, uh, you know, their first three seconds, uh, thumbnails, headlines, things of that nature. So that once we have the hypothesis of what's driving performance, then we can go to the idea phase. So we can say, now that we know this, what are the ideas that we can use this for our content? And then we go into single production iteration, meaning we create one piece of content at a time because once we post that content, we want to see, was our hypothesis proven right? If it wasn't, then we need to determine, was it that we were picking the wrong performance driver or was it that we just didn't execute it properly? And then from there we go back to the research phase and then we start the process all over again. So that's really our core fundamental process of, of what we train people in. Uh, the fascinating thing that we've learned is because we've been training people in it for the past year is even when we train people, they don't do the research either. They don't have the time. They don't have the desire, the energy. So we're actually launching a, a new product in, um, a few, a few weeks where we actually, um, are doing the research, so we, it's going to call it's it's called viral trends. And the idea came to me is, I don't know if you know, Mr. Beast, but he's the, one of the biggest influencers on the planet. He's got 200 million subscribers across his channels. And he was recently on Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan asked him, how'd you get good at YouTube? Did you watch like video tutorials on YouTube? And he's like, he's like, no, what happened is I found four other crazy lunatics, all high school dropouts. And for a thousand days straight, we talked up to 10 hours a day about all things, virality, they would look at a thousand different thumbnails and see, was there a a variation in the shading that drove that virality? The the number of edits in a video, the pacing, the tone, all of that. And after that process, after that mastermind they created, you know, they were all at like, you know, 50 or 60,000 subscribers. They all jumped to millions. And that's the reason that for their success. So research. Yeah. So that that's essentially what we're doing because I really want to help people as much as possible, but if they don't do the research, I can't help them because if you don't understand why things go viral, you'll never be able to consistently go viral. So I just made the determination. We are going to create, we are your crazy lunatics. We do the research every day. We break this stuff down. So that's essentially what we're doing is every week we're breaking down our research, explaining why these things are going viral, providing action guides, our actual research sheets, so that people can get that on a weekly basis and just keep, keep learning. Yeah. And where can people sign up for this? It's not launched yet, but if you go to brendanjkane.com and sign up for my newsletter at the bottom, we'll be announcing it probably in like two or three weeks from now.
0: Sounds good. We'll make sure to link out to that. The book, 1 million followers and hook point, get them on Amazon or brendanjkane.com. Brendan, this has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time, and I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review on Apple. That would be fantastic, or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at at alexatadvancedamazonads.com. That's alexatadvancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode.